The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Hot, happy mess. I'm Ziri Hall, and this is Hot, Hot happy, happy Mess. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Back at it in my closet. It's going to be another great episode. What is up? I am Zuri Hall, your host. Welcome back to Hot Happy Mess. Today, episode four, we are diving in to social freaking media, man. <laughs> social media. The good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I am looking forward to this episode because basically this is what all of our lives revolve around. And it's something that I'm excited to talk about in a constructive way. You know, social media is supposed to be a tool. It's supposed to be a great tool, one that is awesome when it is used properly. It can be a good thing. And then when we become the tool, that's the uh uh-oh moment. Um, I watched Social Dilemma on Netflix, as I'm sure many of you have. We can talk a little bit more about that in a second. But to that whole social media, good, bad, ugly thing, Can we just talk about the fact, a quick life update, I am currently house shopping and I'm super new and early into the process. Just like a few hours ago, I was on a tour for another home. So please DM me, send me emails with advice on how to get through this and not lose my mind. But I was um, shopping and I, I saw one of the homes and I toured it and it was beautiful. Absolutely amazing. I genuinely liked it just for me and my vibe and what it is I'm looking for. And I was in the kitchen of the house and I remember thinking immediately, like my first reaction was, oh my gosh, Zuri. Think about how amazing all of your cooking photos for Instagram will look in this kitchen. Like what? That should not be the first thought. <laughs> that should not be the first thought for anything that I'm about to spend. How much money I'm going to have to spend to get a house in LA? It's really depressing. Oh gosh. Anyways, whatever. That's not the point. The point is the fact that my initial reaction to this kitchen wasn't like, "Oh, I could 
da-da-da-da-da-da. Or like, oh, these burners will be great because this. Or you know what I love about this open floor plan? Or, oh, I can't wait to bake blah, blah here. It was, this is going to look so lit on Instagram. What? Okay, so I stopped myself immediately and was like, devil get thee back because I'll be damned if I buy an entire kitchen, a whole kitchen, because it's a vibe for the gram. No, thank you. But the thought did cross my mind for half a second. Not going to lie. So I'm house shopping. Um, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I am not overwhelmed, but I am wondering if I will be soon. So again, give me your tips and recommendations and pray for me because this LA housing market is no joke. That and Invisalign, those are my life updates. I am past the braces phase, as you guys know. I went to see my amazing orthodontist today, and we are setting the path towards Invisalign greatness. So I'm really excited about that. I'll let you know how it goes. But back to today's topic Social media, like I was saying, the social dilemma on Netflix, highly recommend it. There was this moment where one of the the guys from Silicon Valley was talking about the fact that if you are getting something for free, whether it's an app, whether it's a social media platform, whatever, if they're like, yeah, just keep using it, no big deal. People are in it for money. Businesses are in it for money. That's the bottom line, right? So if you're getting something for free, it ain't because they're generous. It's because you are the product, And that blew my mind. I was like, holy crap, the man is watching. I tried to like log off and pull out my Wi-Fi cord. And then I was like, just kidding. I need all of this. And I'm jonesing. It's been five seconds. So back online we go. Hello, the man. My name is Zuri. But you probably already knew that. But it really is fascinating. You should watch it on Netflix. Um, It's just about how we give over our information, so much data without even thinking about it, to make our lives easier in the moment. But what it also makes easier is these brands and big businesses opportunities to sell, not to us, to sell us, to sell our information to brands who are willing to pay for it, corporations who are willing to pay for it. Because when they know your favorite color, when they know your favorite food, when they know that you were adopted, or they know that you're looking for your long lost brother, or they know that you're going through a divorce or planning a marriage, they can better sell to you and your needs. And I was like, oh my gosh. So all that to say, watch Social Dilemma on Netflix if you haven't. It's really well done. It is a great, you know, piggyback on what we're talking about this episode. We are going to have an amazing expert to kick things off, Dr. Miley Winsteers. She's an applied social psychologist, has done a bunch of articles on the effects of social media and, and the effects of social media on our lives. And then we're going to the group chat, y'all. It's back to the group chat. There are three of us talking about social media from just like a completely different lens, just the hot, happy mess of it all. We're talking about TikTok, which I feel entirely too old for. I have never felt more like a dinosaur than trying to work TikTok. But um, one of the group chat girls loves it. Low-key went viral a couple of times on TikTok. And then we're also talking about men. (laughs) One of our group chat members is single and ready to mingle. We're talking about sliding in the DMs, all that jazz. You're going to get to meet a new member of the group chat today. Who will it be? Ooh, stay tuned. Stay tuned to find out. It's going to be fun. So, uh, Last thing before we get into it, thank you all so much for all of the amazing reviews. The five-star reviews are pouring in. I appreciate them. We see them all. I love you all. Um, If you could just subscribe, make sure you are subscribed. And if you are loving what you're hearing, who else might? 
text that person, share the podcast, share Hot Happy Mess with one person today. If you would do that, I would be eternally grateful. Thank you. I love you. Without further ado, first up, let's get into this expert combo. All right, you guys, I'm super excited for our next guest. Dr. Miley Winsteers is an assistant professor in the School of Nursing at Duquesne University, and she is an applied social psychologist. She brings an amazing passion and commitment to health-related research, and she's authored articles on the effects that social media has on our lives. So Dr. Steers, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me of on the course. show. Of course. So excited to have you here. You know, we've been talking over a recent episode, especially about the comparison trap. Uh, one one guy, Paul, labeled it obsessive comparison disorder, and we kind of did a deep dive into what that might mean. Not a clinical term, technically, but uh, his phrase for our sometimes addiction to to comparing ourselves. So just to kick things off, I would love to hear from your perspective. You were featured in an article on Psychology Today about the comparison trap. From your perspective, what does that mean? What What is the trap that we all s- tend to fall into? So there was a, uh, a very famous social psychologist. His name was Leon Festinger. And he came up with the whole concept of a social comparison. And he basically says that it has to do with you trying to um, measure your abilities against people that you think are similar to yourself. And so it, it really is very, um, it differs by person. Mm. And um, the, the difficulty with social media is you really have no idea what people are going to post. And so things that you think are completely benign for instance, or, or even great events like uh, maybe a pregnancy or an engagement can um, inadvertently cause other people to feel bad mm-hmm. uh, because they they might have just broken up with their boyfriend or girlfriend and then they're seeing your posts about your wonderful engagement and how much your fiance went through right, you right. Know, the effort of planning <laughs> the proposal or whatever. And then you're, it just it can really affect people that way. Um, and we're often not even privy to the effects of what, of how we're, uh, whatever we're posting, yeah. how it affects the other person. I think it's great. And maybe even a little comforting for some people to hear you say that because, you know, sometimes in our minds, it's like, well, why do I feel this way? Or I don't technically want anything bad or harmful to happen to anyone else. I don't want other people to be miserable. So, you know, when you hear that people have distress or anxiety or depression around sometimes or triggered by the good things in other people's lives. Um, I'm sure people start to feel like, okay, what is going on here? Like this, this isn't who I am. This isn't how I feel in my day-to-day life. How come these technically exciting or positive things in other people's lives make me feel so bad about mine? What would you hope that people understand about those emotions um, that they sometimes feel those emotions that are triggered by what they're seeing on their feeds or, or via their friends or families or sometimes total strangers posts. Well, I think we're we're kind of attracted to material um, that is really important to us. And then also the thing about social media is we only tend to post our highlight reels. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, like we're not in there, you know, posting typically about our grocery store, store shopping <laughs> or like the negative events that occur in our lives. And so you're really looking at a very um, 
cultivated image uh, that people are trying to put out there. Mm-hmm. And so I think trying to keep that in mind, that not not everything you see it refl- is reflective of that person's life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're of, of course, they're not intentionally trying to make you feel bad. It just happens to, it's like an automatic tendency mm. for whatever it is that you're kind of focusing on. So one of my friends, she's struggling with infertility right now. And anytime she sees a, a baby announcement, she cringes. Yeah. You know, and she knows deep down, like that person isn't trying to harm me or trying to make me feel bad. Or, uh, but it kind of feels like it's almost in your face, you know, right. with social media, because people are like shouting it from the rooftops or something <laughs> like that. But that's really not the intention, you yeah. know, of the people. And, um, and she recognizes that too, but it still hurts, you know? Right, right. It's like, sometimes we know deep down what a thing is or isn't, what's good for us, what's bad for us. And then we still do it anyway, or we still think it anyway. Uh, how do you recommend people, um, set healthy boundaries? What should we be asking ourselves when it comes to being intentional about our relationship with social media? The thing about social media is obviously we're so engaged with it because we get sort of a high from it. And in fact, they've done they've done these MRI studies where you can actually see brain regions activate when you're when you're using electronic devices or social media that are that kind of kick off dopamine which is the same kind of substance that is used in chemical addictions. Right. So like you know, drugs, drug use and so forth. Yeah. And the thing about it is uh, uh, the way we're kind of attracted to social media is occasionally it makes us feel good. So we have intermittent reinforcement, but then occasionally it makes us feel really, really bad. But we keep going back to it for that high. Um, and in fact, intermittent reinforcement um, they've done lab studies for li- with like rats and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it's actually if you give a rat intermittent reinforcement, meaning you only give the food certain times when it pushes a bar or does a, a trick or whatever, mm-hmm. it actually makes it more hooked. Wow! It keeps going back more and more for that. Is um, that kind that of treat. okay? Don't quote me. It's been a long time since I was in school. Uh, Pavlov's dog theory is coming to mind. It's similar to that. Um, it's called that's what you're referring to as classical conditioning. And okay. actually, I, a lot of times I I kind of um, think of notifications as being a classically conditioned response. So you get these notifications and then automatically you have to check your phone right away. And that becomes like an, a, an addiction or a cycle because you're compelled to f- to check your phone the immediate, the, the time that you, um, whenever you get a notification. And so I think the way that you can kind of start to set healthy boundaries is to track and monitor what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are, there are apps like moments, for instance, um, that you can download and it, it tracks and monitors your usage and your phone usage and can tell you what categories that you're, you're using your phone, uh, for and how much time you're spending on it, for instance, mm-hmm. and turn off your notifications because that is that really triggers, you know, you wanting to look at your phone all the time. Yes. It's like there's something about what's so funny is I go through this. My friends have gone through it. We'll be online. We'll say, you know what, guys, I'm about to do a social media detox. And we just feel the need to announce it to the world like the world cares or we'll even miss <laughs> us if we disappear from social media for a week. Um, but we go off and it's amazing. I never miss it. I will tell you that. I might have the 
the um, conditioned urge to just touch it, check it because I've done it so much, but I'm never just, you know, hunched over the couch, like, good God, what's happening on Instagram. If only I knew I feel freer. I feel lighter. My mind becomes clear as the days progress. And yet still something about the age we live in means after a week off the grid, I can come back and it's like, I never left. I'm right back to addicted. I'm right back to those behavioral patterns. So are my friends, you know, so are other people who, who have this love hate relationship with social media. Um, I mean, I don't want to be overly extreme, but the dopamine hits, you you acknowledge that that is associated with drug use, with addiction. I myself have been very fascinated by the psychology of love and there are similar experiences when it comes to those, those, dopamine hits and surges. Um, How do you know? How about this question? How do you know when you have a problem with social media that truly mirrors addiction, that truly begins to feel problematic or like, hey, maybe I need to um, talk to someone about this because it's easy to say walk away from it. But if you have become so sort of entrenched in this world, especially when you think about younger generations who have only ever grown up with it, it's easier said than done to just walk away and feel like you're not missing out on something that you should be a part of. Yeah, I think one thing you can kind of think of is do other people mention, you know, like you're always on your phone or, mm. uh, you know, I think you have a problem with social media because that can be a huge indication. I mean, it's similar like like we were discussing is similar to addiction. So yeah. it has sort of addictive qualities can you actually walk away? Um, can you actually limit the amount of time? Mm-hmm. If you can't, then that's probably an indication you do have an, an, an addiction. Mm-hmm. Obviously, two sides to every coin. There can definitely be a lot of perils with social media, but there can also be goods. You know, anything when used as the tool it's intended to be can be a good thing. How do you recommend people establish a relationship with social media from all of your research? Let's, you know, infuse some positivity, some hope into uh, how we might be using our platforms. What's some of the good, just even from your personal perspective, when it comes to this ability to not just compare, but to find inspiration, motivation from other people's content? I think uh, the thing about it is social media has been given a bad rap and it's, it's just a medium, right? Uh, it's really how you use it. Right. So I, I really think um, if you're using it to actually really connect with people on a deeper level rather than just getting validation, then that is something where it can be really positive. So for instance, um, a lot of groups, um, there's a lot of groups out there. Um, so if somebody is struggling uh, with a particular issue and um, they can go and, and relate to other people that are going through that same issue. And that is a way that you can really um, bring connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are going on the social media and trying to post things like young people often do, and um, they're trying to post things in order to get validation, mm-hmm. then that can be the kind of the trap, you know, uh, where you're constantly seeking that high, that dopamine hit from people responding to your posts. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like an external validation measure. So it used to be like, you'd have popularity, but then there's actually this metric now for your popularity. And so that's where it becomes um, problematic is like, if your whole self-esteem hinges on that, 
you know? Yeah. And to fight that or to counter that, it becomes more important than ever to develop one's self-esteem, to develop one's self-worth outside of these platforms. Because if you don't feel like you are enough when you wake up every morning, just because you woke up and you don't feel enough when you go to sleep, just because you got through the day and you're, you're proud of who you are, it becomes really difficult to convince yourself that's enough and you're, you're constantly comparing yourself to these measuring sticks. So how do you encourage um, people to sort of cultivate um, that, that self-worth, that self-esteem? We talked uh, recently um, in another expert panel about uh, core values, understanding who you are and who you're not, what you value and what you don't helps to ease the comparisons sometimes when you realize, well, hey, what that person values isn't even really what I value because I've done enough work to realize that's not what I want. So even though society tells me it's cool, it's sexy, it's fun, it's shiny, I know what I want and that's not it. So that kind of helps turn the dial down. What do you recommend um, as far as cultivating self-esteem and self-worth and just kind of discovering who you are so that you don't get lost in the sauce of social media telling you who you should be? I think if you cultivate interests um, that really uh, are that you're really passionate about, uh, beyond just trying to seek that validation through social media, I think that can really, really that can very much help to define you. Um, and you know, finding things that you're passionate about could be, you know, one of my friends was talking about um, during COVID, she's actually become really passionate about um, knitting. Knitting? Okay. <laughs> you know, like just, Let I mean, it go. You know, <laughs> uh, you know baking, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be some major thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't have to be this life altering, uh, defining thing, but just like finding your passions. Mm. And it could be reading books. It could be, it could be knitting like my friend is, mm. you know, it could be baking, different things. It could be creating. Yeah. I think anytime you're creating, that fulfills a lot of people. Yeah. And creation and like creating things can come manifest in many different ways. Mm. You know, it could be painting, it could be writing, it could be art, it could be music, it could be any number of things. Yeah. But I love um, that. Surround yeah. yourself with creativity, things that light you up, inspire you instead of maybe, yeah. you know, trigger you <laughs> or make you feel like you're not doing enough. Um, in your article, in one of your articles, you mentioned fight or flight and how being ensconced in social media can actually trigger that. Could you just explain that a little bit for us? Well, especially like within, in the context of like COVID and uh, what we've been going through with the pandemic, it's like you are always on edge uh, in terms of what you're seeing and it, and Lately, it's been this parade of bad news mm -hmm. <laughs> on yeah. social media. And so it can be really anxiety provoking and it can provoke these really prolonged fight or flight responses. And so um, one of the best ways, I think, to kind of alleviate that stress is to find something to, um, for instance, going out into nature, mm. just kind of pushing that reset button. You know, restoration theory really tells us that just being around nature and, and enjoying and being in the calm, because it's almost like social media is a bunch of chattering noises all around us all the time. And it, it creates a lot of noise in, in our environment. And so just being out in like really um, open and calming spaces can can very much help us to restore. Yeah. I love the restoration theory. Okay. I'm going to have to dig into that, but it makes total sense. I know when I go outside and take a breather, I feel better. So 
<laughs> that makes sense. Um, this is, I'm going a little off topic here. It's still in the social media world, but if you, if you have an answer, I would love to hear it. If not all good, but you know, we've been dealing with the pandemic, as you mentioned, obviously, um, this, this COVID 19 world in which we're, we're constantly reading headlines. We're waking up with anxiety. We're going to sleep with it. Also, this is an election year. There was a lot of news out and about and, and we're just constantly consuming information. And there's been this conversation that no matter what side you're on, no matter who you agree with or don't, I personally believe this. I've said this, you know, I've talked to people who agree, some who disagree, but that our lives online just become an echo chamber of what we believe or what we want to hear because they're all algorithm fueled, right? So it's not like social media is just this unbiased news presentation. It's, oh, I like that. And I spent 10 more minutes reading that. So this platform is going to give me more of that because they want to they want to keep me on here. Um, I would just love to hear your perspective on that, that sort of echo chamber mentality or echo chamber situation to social media. And if there's anything that you would hope, you know, users keep in mind about the world in which we inhabit, the world that we inhabit when we're online versus the real world, the reality unplugged from those platforms. Yeah, a lot of people use social media as, as their window to the world. And what we're starting to see is that window is very skewed, mm-hmm. um, like you were mentioning. Um, I mean, even going back to the last presidential election, for instance, if you were a Hillary Clinton supporter, chances are all that you saw on your social media feed was Hillary Clinton material and pro-Hillary Clinton material at that. And so the fact that Donald Trump would have been, you know, could have been elected didn't even cross your mind probably, or yeah. you thought it was a very remote possibility. But then you kind of realize that's not really reality. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and, and that, and that's one of the dangers of social media is the fact that we often experience confirmation bias. Meaning, uh, social psychologists think we inadvertently try to seek out material to uh, basically confirm our biases. And so that can be dangerous because then it, it, it leaves you very vulnerable to not really knowing reality, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and not, and also another thing is it, it leaves you vulnerable because you're not really taking in other people's perspectives or right. opinions right. or accounting for them. You know, and I think that's really become uh, really um, probably why it's the nation is so polarized. Yeah, um, because of the whole confirmation bias. Because the more we seek out these this material that supports our point of view, the more entrenched we become into it, and the more likely we are to um, separate ourselves from the other. You know, and yeah. we've done a lot of studies on group dynamics, and the more that we can become uh, solidified in our point of view. And um, really uh, grasp onto that point of view, the more likely we are to to view the uh, opposing side as being we discount it, we discount the people, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. And so, and that can be really dangerous. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly what I wanted to say to your point about confirmation bias. It feels so dangerous because we're making real world choices and decisions based on our online and social media experiences because we're on these phones and these devices all day. But then we have to look down from those screens to actually make decisions in our everyday life based on 
the echo chamber that each of us has been existing in all day. And so it seems, it feels, you know, impossible or highly unlikely that a lot of us are making real world decisions um, from an informed and, and truly unbiased perspective because we've just been swallowed by our own bias. And then we show up to the party and say, okay, I know what I want to do. I've thought this through. I've seen all sides of the argument when really we haven't. We've seen our side over and over regurgitated back to us. Exactly. In fact, the the World Health Organization has called it an infodemic. Mm. Um, They said there's so much conflicting information. A lot of people don't know what to believe. And then because we have this confirmation bias, we tend to believe what we want to believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And pretty much there's almost this sense that what is the, what is, we used to have this sense like there is an objective reality. But now you can dig up information on both sides um, where it's almost like there is no objective reality anymore. (laughs) Before I let you go, are there certain things, if you could just sort of in summation, break it down, that you hope our listeners, our hot, happy mess gang keeps in mind when it comes to our relationships with social media, um, what to remember, what to consider, uh, maybe boundaries to to explore um, as we move forward with trying to establish healthier relationships with these platforms? I think um, one thing you want to keep in mind is how much time are you spending on these platforms? Is it really distracting from your real world relationships? In fact, the mere presence of a cell phone they've discovered um, can trigger these um, feelings of uh, fear of missing out. And you actually, it actually lowers your interactions, the quality of your, your face-to-face interaction. Really? And you can see that now. Like you go to a restaurant and everybody's on their cell phone. People are sitting across from each other. Yeah. And, and we actually get more so when we're bonding with other people, yeah. that's when we feel most alive. But uh, we, because it's triggering these uh, feelings of missing out, it actually lowers our uh, qualities or social interactions with the people that we are with face to face. Wow. And so we're seeking that validation. We're seeking that um, that bonding experience with other people through our devices, which we're never going to be able to fulfill in the same way that we do face to face. And we're actually lowering the quality of our interactions while we're doing it. Ugh. And and so it can be a really um, a cyclical thing, you know, and mm-hmm. and you start to to not really live your life mm-hmm. in the real world, but uh, always online, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's where it becomes a real uh, big issue. So if you are experiencing that, um, then I would suggest um, trying to step away from your phone, um, trying to set limits um, through uh, tracking and monitoring how much time that you are spending. Mm-hmm. See if the quality of your interactions actually improve once you start to step away from your phone and your devices, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. uh, I would, I would bet they would, yeah. you know, see if you actually start to enjoy things more, um, take that in and kind of internalize it. See if you can also in- create your own internal validation rather than seeking external validation. Uh, I know a lot of our participants in studies have mentioned to us that um, they're really afraid of stepping away because they're afraid of not being relevant anymore. Mm, Talk about it. Talk about it. That is it for so many people, even myself. Like I'll be honest in saying something about um, checking in, posting the photo, just getting the likes and the comments is like, okay, (laughs) 
I'm still here, guys. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back on and do whatever I had to do now. I'll pop back in in two days to remind you guys I'm still here. In the same way I was, you know, talking about those detoxes where we're just, so we assume, you know, that we just have to be on these platforms and that if we're leaving, we need to let everyone know we'll be back soon. I mean, it's a relationship with a, I don't even like an enigma, this non-existent thing. And yet there's so much loyalty between us as individuals and this, this non-existent and yet very existent thing. I don't even have the words for it. Dr. Steers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, why, why, why should we be striving for relevance among people that we don't even know right. or don't know very well? Like nobody really needs to get validation from 500 people, <laughs> you know? Well, I guess 500 people isn't even what you want to get validation for. It's my thousands or millions of yeah, people. Yeah, now right? they want millions. We want millions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but we should really be focusing on, uh, on um, being popular among the people we're around, Mm. like physically around. And that's actually going to make us happier Mm. as human beings. You know, cultivating strong relationships with people that we see face to face is going to make you way happier than trying to cultivate these artificial relationships with people online. Yeah. So. That's a really great point. Really great point. And that's the goal here. That's the goal with the podcast is how to be happier and and be in a state of happiness or joy, not needing something constantly to feel that, but just being at peace. And the fact that that creates that, that sensation, that feeling of positivity and joy. And if there's one thing I know for sure, it's that social media will never be it because there will always be someone more popular with more likes who did a slightly cooler thing than you did. It is, you know, just bonkers to me that we wake up every day and literally see what the world is doing, literally see how everyone else woke up and what they ate for breakfast and what they did for lunch and how many friends were at their happy hour versus ours. And it's like, you're so busy watching other people's lives. You can't even be fully present in your own. And, and what a sad thing to realize. What a waste, waste of a life. And I say that as someone who does it too, you know, like that's not even judgmental. That's like, we're all victims of it to a certain extent. But the first step is um, just realizing, recognizing that we've fallen into these patterns and then uh, setting the intention and making the effort to change it. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Dr. Steers, this was very amazing. You dropped some terms on me. I'm going to have to go Google. I'm excited about restoration theory, confirmation bias. Um, If people want to keep up with you or stay in touch or maybe read some of your published work, where can they go? Um, I have a website. It's uh, myleesteers.com. It has some of my um, information. You can also look me up at at Duquesne University um, School of Nursing. Uh, So yeah, it's uh, Miley Steers is spelled M-A-I-L-Y-S-T-E-E-R-S uh, dot com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Steers. Have a good one. Stay safe in there, out there. Thank, rather. <laughs> thank you. Oh, she is just so dope. One of my favorite combos so far on this podcast, just a ton of information. So thank you again. Y'all can tell I was clearly fascinated during that conversation. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. 
And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Hi. Happy. Yes. Now it is time for the group chat. This is a quick but random note. Uh, So we're talking about Tom. Remember Tom uh, from MySpace? Yeah, we thought a lot that he was from Facebook in this conversation. So we keep saying Tom, Tom, Tom while talking about Facebook, but Tom was actually like the homie on MySpace who was in your top eight without low-key your consent because he was like your first friend on MySpace. That's how old we are, that Tom is but a memory so distant that we can't even remember which freaking platform he was stalking us on. Okay? Okay. Group chat, here we go. In today's episode of the group chat, we've got Travasha and Cleo, What's up, ladies? Hello. Hey, girl. Hey. So I just want to have a conversation um, about social media. I feel like we are of the age, women of a certain age, that (laughs) (laughs) that, uh, came into like teenage years or early adulthood Mm -hmm. before this was a thing. And then we were the like test market, like the, at the time, like young adults. Right. Right. Who they were like, try this new thing. How do you like it? Oh, it's ruining your mental health. Perfect. Here's 10 more. Um, And then we just like had to figure it out. And now there's this new generation, you know, you've got Gen Z and they have only ever known life constantly broadcasting their lives. It's kind of fascinating. They don't even Um, know the first thing about MySpace. Oh my gosh. We're getting started. (laughs) What a time. What a time. Top eight, top 10. What was was the top eight? I think it was top 
10. Something. I feel like eight. I it was something so specific. It was like such a specific number. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like my That's eight so or funny. It was. Eight. <laughs> um, and then, oh no, that was Facebook. I was like, and Tom was, every, it was in everyone's top eight. But that was when you first got on Facebook. That's true. The kids don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Starting a Facebook account and your first friend was Tom. Yeah, <laughs> and you couldn't you couldn't start the Facebook account until you were in college. Remember well, that you had to, you only in college. It yeah. wasn't like I remember being a little fast as a uh, thirteen, fourteen year old, a little thirsty, <laughs> but and like begging my cousin to let me use her college email. Uh, to try to start my own account. She was like, I already have an account, so you can't. Like, what are you doing? You can't. And then you'll just be talking to top college kids like you're in high school now. And then I was like, well, can you just let me log in so I can just like see everybody and like talk to your friends and like message people? And she let me do it. Oh my God, what a weird kid. This was like the old school. I told my dad this. He almost cried because they just... (laughs) They realized how much access their kids had to stuff that they didn't know at the time. And we were like kids when it was first a thing. They were like, AOL, okay, whatever. Zuri knows about computers. She's 12. I don't know anything about them. And they didn't know the dangers of them yet? My parents were the opposite. Really? Like, my dad had, like, a keystroke. He knew all of my passwords. I didn't know this till I was an adult. Mm. He's like, like, no, no. He's like, I'm not stupid. He's like, I was not allowing my 16-year-old like to be on these things unfettered and unsupervised. <laughs> wow. Okay, so we got off on a little bit of a tangent with the whole social media thing, uh, but that's only because we are the OGs, the elders of social whoop, whoop. media. I've never felt older, <laughs> generally speaking, in my life. But like, let's just fast forward, post MySpace, post Tom, post sneaking into our cousin's Facebook accounts and talking to grown-ass men on AIM. Um, now we've got Insta and Twitter and like the new version of Facebook that may or may not have influenced important elections. Like my, how times have changed. Okay. So we're going to play a quick game that producer star found it's from Cosmo, Cosmo mag, and it's which social media platform are you? So basically how you play, you guys can follow along. If you're listening right now, you should definitely play. We're going to play with Cleo and Vosh. Um, for every A you get, take note, every B and every C, take note. And then at the end, whichever one you have the most of, we're going to reveal which social media platform you are, I guess. Okay. Number one, it's 7 a.m. and your alarm rings. You obviously, A, make a slow drip coffee, stretch, check emails. That's who I wish I was in the morning. <laughs> B, create a five-minute smoothie bowl and whisk matcha. Or C, start your morning skincare with gua sha. I don't know what that is, but it sounds fancy. First of all, all of these assume that I'm not about to immediately hit snooze. Right. I, was like, oh, I go get the yeah. baby, breastfeed her, and go back to sleep in my bed all at the same time. <laughs> all at the same time. Okay, fine. In your be- in your most ideal life, in the in your best life version, which of these <laughs> I don't got shit else to do at 7 a.m. except make slow drips and acai balls, <laughs> bowls. <laughs> Which one of these is you? The make a slow drip coffee, stretch and check email. That's I'm that, I feel like that's that, me. Okay. B, me create a five-minute smoothie bowl and whisk matcha or six. I'm exhausted. <laughs> By six, I mean C. And C is start your morning skincare with gua sha. Definitely. Oh, I'm a skincare oh. person more okay. so than the slow so drip. So V, you have one C. Cleo, I'm an A. What'd you give me? A, and then I'm an A for sure. Okay. Number two, everybody play along. 
with your A's, B's, and C's, okay? And then um, whichever one you have the most of, it's going to say which platform you are. Mm. All right. Number two, you find $5 on the street. You, A, take it and save it for the tip for Taco Tuesdays. B, take it and pass it forward next time you're in line. Or C, take it and take a selfie with it. I'm definitely A. Okay. I'm A. Clea. Are you really? You guys, are we all just going to be, is this group think happening in real time? <laughs> or is it because it's generational? Or is it because we're old social media people? Mm, I know. Everybody that be. might be. Um, okay, if I find $5 on the street, I'm not going to take a selfie with it. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I might think about taking a selfie with it. <laughs> no, what I would do, I wouldn't take a selfie. God help me the, the day I get that far into this deep, dark spiral. But I might take a picture of the $5 bill. And then that might like get texted to my friend or my boyfriend or my mom. Like, oh my God, look, I found $5. Like, I'm very much a I'd rather show you than tell you person. So I just take pictures of everything happening in my life. So I can just send that to my text people (sighs) instead of being like, you'll never guess what happened. And then I have to text it all out. That's true. It's very quick to just take a picture. Um, So I want to join the cool kids and save it for a tip for Taco Tuesdays, but I'm not going to do it. Honestly, I would probably start with C, take a photo, and then I might pass (laughs) it forward next time I was in line, actually. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to go ahead and say B. Um, and then we have two A's. All right. Uh, question number three. Question number three is a great gift idea is a, a self-help book, B, sage and homemade cookies, or C, a gift card. A. Okay. Leo. I feel like it depends on the person, but I feel like, so sage and homemade cookies like homemade cookies because i wouldn't necessarily make homemade cookies but i would cook for somebody as everyone knows like i love right i've had your jamaican jerk chicken delicious oh listen we'll get to that after about a whole new level but yeah i'm gonna go with b b sage and homemade cookies yeah okay i am gonna go with oh my god that is tough for me i'm i love giving people self-help books but I feel like it comes across as preachy. And then they're like, bitch, nobody asked you for <laughs> advice about what I need to be reading to make my life better. And then it just seems like I'm being passive aggressive when I'm honest to God not. Like, I'm trying to be like, I think you would really love this book. So I've fallen back on recommending self-help for people. Um, <laughs> but Vash, you're bossy too. So I feel like that's why you you out here giving out the books because you and me just... Trying to tell people what to do with them. <laughs> but I give out books that I'm like, oh, this works for me. I really liked it. Right, you, right, right. Yeah. I never even thought about people thinking I might be passive aggressive. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would no never care. think Good that. Care. I'd be like, oh, that's so thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. The only person, so I gave a self help book to my brother like eight years ago. It was like, how to get your life together. <laughs> so, or okay, something to that very... effect. <laughs> right. And in hindsight, I'm like, Zuri, if somebody gave you that book, you would have been like, get out of my face. He was like, thanks, I guess. But also, what are you trying to say? <laughs> I love my brothers dearly. Their lives are very much together. I was just, you know, whatever. You're just um, so I wouldn't. Yeah, I've slowed down with giving books, even though I do like to casually recommend them. If it's a gift, I'm leaning towards sage and homemade cookies. Um, But the time it takes to make the cookies, the gift card is... I mean, but homemade cookies purchased from, I don't know, the custom cookie place still counts. 
Right, right, right. I like it because I, I like, I yeah, I think maybe sage and homemade cookies. I'm going to do B. Okay, so we've got a B. We've got Cleo is a B, Sage and homemade cookies. And then Travasha is an A. Oh, God, who are we going to end up being? I'm nervous. This is the last one. Oh, I'm nervous um, A wine should be A, dry and red, B, citrusy and white, or C, bubbly and pink. Well, I know which a. one you are. <laughs> I'm with you. Me? Yeah. Zuri, yes. <laughs> I. You're A, I'm A. Yeah. Cleo? Guys, I'm, it depends on the day. Yeah, I could be. No, you got to commit to one because I love um, right. lovely pink Me when too. it's time to toast champagne. And I do love a clear citrusy, but. Right? Cl- clear. I, you know what? Clear. clear. <laughs> this is not liquor, sis. What are you saying? I'm just saying. I do love a clear wine. I'm not sorry. <laughs> As a hint, tequila. But... What kind of wine would you like clear? <laughs> clear, please. Just just your fuller bodied clear. If you can have I'm going to go with B because I've been on a white wine tip the B. last little while. Okay, so you're B, citrusy and white. Uh, Travasha is clear. <laughs> and then, no, Travasha is dry and red. So am I. I don't really like dry. I like fuller bodied reds, but it's only yeah. red on the list. So, yeah. all right. And the revelation thing is drum roll, please. <laughs> Mostly, ew. I don't, wait. I don't want to be this. So, like, no, I'm not you gonna, cannot like, change your answer. The no, you no. cannot no. take You're committed. I can't, I, I can't steal the election. No. You're well, committed. <laughs> <laughs> it's done this it's is done, a democracy she's literally changing her answer right now no i'm not i'm not i promise i'm not okay i'm counting i truly am just tallying All i right. wanted to change my answer but i'm not going to okay so t you had three a's so you're a true a with one c so travasha mostly a's is twitter you are twitter if you can believe that what, what does that even mean i don't even self-help book reading writing okay. maybe okay um right. 7 a.m. alarm ringing is a slow drip coffee stretch and check emails. I have no idea what that has to do hmm. with Twitter. Maybe yeah. the checking emails part. Okay, so your Twitter. Mostly A's is Twitter. Mostly B's is Facebook. Mostly C's is Instagram. Cleo and I both have two A's and two B's. So we're tied between Twitter and Facebook. I don't feel seen by this quiz because uh, no. the only thing I go on is Instagram. The only thing I really am on is TikTok. I'm definitely <laughs> Which is not even Twitter. an option. That's just how old we right. are. So, Cleo, you're on Twitter? I love Twitter. Really? I don't. I feel like people just get on there and start talking and talk, and then everyone's careers gets canceled. Some of them as they should be via. I'm like, why would you just set yourself up for failure? You're just like, Twitter is like just pouring the gasoline on your life. <laughs> Yeah. And then walking away, living your life, and hoping no one ever decides to light the match. There's 10 years later. <laughs> no, yes. it's seen from Waiting to Exhale when um, when she's like, would you like to Angela Bassett? Walk- yeah, when Angela Bassett walks away from like the lit car. There it is. That's iconic. Twitter. Iconic. Exactly. I can't do it. I can't do it. Because people love, like, that's just, that's literally bird feed for the the haters, for the cancel people the cancel culture yeah. you know it's just like <laughs> and, the, and they literally trail. they will go back years and years to find mm-hmm. out your stance on whatever Guess so they can up. blow you up okay so what do you what's your favorite platform of all the platforms why and what do you love about it cleo so i like mine's like a mixed bag so um i actually love tiktok i spend like 
probably half an hour before bed every night watching TikTok. And I've gamed the algorithm to like serve me really funny, really positive stuff, which is why I think I've fallen in love with the with the app. And to be honest, I actually game the algorithm on all of my socials. I refuse to click on things because I because uh, we all know how it works. You click on it and it starts right. to serve you more of the good or the Even bad. Even if you don't want it, right? Exactly. Like, you gotta so, fight the urge. Oh my God. I like I refuse to drill down. I refuse to click on those things. So I've been loving TikTok, just the wholesome funny stuff. I tried to make a TikTok actually yesterday morning for the first time. And I was like, uh, I don't know how anybody does this. I felt that was the first moment I felt super old. Travash is a TikTok star. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that, but I do love TikTok. Um, like I love, love, love it. I realized I had, um, like an unhealthy obsession with it at one point because really? yes, girl, I would sit down. I'd be like, let me look at a couple of videos, get a couple of ideas for some TikToks that I can do. And four hours later, I'm still content creating <laughs> by not doing anything, but I have no ideas. I've just been scrolling on TikTok. I mean, that Obsessively. is like, it, it's like a deep, dark black hole you just keep going down especially Girl. like you said Cleo if you game the algorithm to like feed you stuff you like it just you can't mm-hmm. it's so funny because now if you're on TikTok they have that um this little ad guy drops in he like drops in he's like you've been scrolling for way too long take a break the, the TikTok use the bathroom says that. they yes. have TikTok police yes he's like why don't you use the bathroom grab a snack also the bigger problem is that you were on it long enough for this little man to drop out of the sky and tell you this I was gonna say, i've never seen this, this little twice. man oh because so clearly you're not on it long enough no, Leo. no I, am, I am not that how long were you on it girl how long do you think you had to be out before you saw him probably like an hour an hour just and a half, uninterrupted like, uninterrupted like, tiktok wow. stuff yeah it's wow. so sad. Like I, I started it, but I was just, I'm so exhausted by all of these different platforms and feeling like I need to keep up with so many things, especially when it kind of tiptoes into like your work too, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I have to constantly be creating content to share because my mm-hmm. life to a certain extent is a part of like my brand or my business. And then there's just like no boundaries. So I just don't post on TikTok or Facebook really anymore and barely Twitter just because I was like, I got to focus on one thing or I'll go crazy. Yeah. Um, but you guys both use Instagram though, right? Like both of you, I see yeah. you post like yeah. occasionally. Definitely. I, I post like Instagram TikToks on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> the final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. 
There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Do you guys do the same thing on Instagram? Like, are you likers or lurkers on Instagram? Because I feel like some people lurk. They don't like photos. It is so bizarre to me. I'm posted this. When people watch my Insta stories obsessively and then don't like any of my photos. Isn't that annoying? It's so, it's kind of annoying. More than that, it's just weird to me. And it's not like it's just random people. I mean, like people I know. <laughs> it's so, otherwise, I wouldn't notice. It's so bizarre. And I'm just like, okay, well, what does that mean? And then that's when you like get in your head about like the meaning of things on Instagram when half the time there probably is no meaning. I really think there's no meaning because I feel like I'm the opposite for you. Mm. I hardly ever look at your stories or anyone else's mm. stories. Me for either. That matter. I don't watch people's stories. But I am always commenting and liking on your photos when I see them. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I think it means a thing. Healthier. I definitely watch all the stories of people that I like. <laughs> and yeah. I like and comment on every single <laughs> Cleo yeah. <laughs> is a high, is a yes. high engager. She's yes. good at like yes. covering all the things. I want to like, get If you're my people, like I'm giving you right. the smoke. Like I'm not, yes. I'm not out here trying to pretend like you get those likes. I'm gonna be like, you look good. Look at that. <laughs> and the funny part is, like, I never post on my like I posted today actually on my grid. Like I post like once a month because mm-hmm. I can't. Like I'm like I can't post another picture of my face because I'm so like. Oh, it's very, um, it's, I almost have an issue with how vain it is to keep posting my own face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm really tired of <laughs> Meanwhile, that. literally what, Hall's Instagram page for her latest selfie. literally Instagram. <laughs> no, and like, it, I love it. Like everybody, I don't, but then I just don't. I'm like, no, yeah, it's too much, too much Cleo. <laughs> no, no such thing. It's your profile. I do get what you mean though. Like I, I, a lot of it, I, I started feeling we were just taking the selfies but then I was like, nah, because these photos are low-key fire. And when I get my work done or when I get my makeup done for work, like I like showing it off and I like tagging the glam squads who do it, you know? Like they do such great work. It's more about like the art, like showing off like, mm-hmm. dang, look at this eye, look at this. Don't miss that opportunity, like, girl. 
You looking no, good. Not. Post your you looking good too. Post mm-hmm. a selfie. I have like a couple little like my little swimsuit ones that are leftovers from like some shoots and I'm like, oh they're a little like uh-huh. you know. A little risky, a little body, a little, little bit of a thirst trap, a little yeah, thirst maybe, trap. Maybe. Oh, I, I thought you'd never, thought you'd never bring it up. Segway, if ever I heard one, <laughs> thirst traps. I want to ask you, Cleo, <laughs> since you're single in the city, it. like, do we post to kind of like get some attention, see if you get some DMs lit, or do you like not look at Instagram and social media as a way to get the guys? And so, Cleo, what's up with the thirst so, traps, girl? The funny thing is, I have like really i've actually i have like deep thoughts about this so i have a hard time with thirst traps for myself i love a thirst trap okay like mm-hmm, i love to mm-hmm. see uh, women posting about themselves loving their bodies doing all of their things i have a tough time with thirst traps for me because um of the fetishization of like the curvy body which is the mm. body that i have um and so uh, my whole life, the body that I have has not been the like beauty standard, just that, just very simple. And yeah. it only in the last few years has it been. And so I, when I post those things, I definitely get like a lot of attention, a lot of like male attention. Um, and I'm also, I'm not like very accustomed to that at that level. So I sometimes get like a little nervous about it. And then I think like, oh, people are going to think I'm thirsty. They're going to think a certain way about me. And I go through this like same cycle in my head every time I post something that's a little bit risque. And then at the end, I'm like, no, I look cute. I'm cute. It's yeah, totally of course you do but, own it. But it's it. I go through a lot of like difficulties with that because of because I feel sometimes really uncomfortable with the amount of attention um, and the mm. things that people say um, really? that, are, that I don't know. So let me ask you this, um, and I completely understand where you're coming from as, as far as like fetishizing um, bodies, like any certain body type and, yes. you know, and not being in vogue at one point and now it is. But do you feel ever like, OK, well, there this is an appreciation that's overdue for my body type because it is beautiful. Right. So it's like people are just finally seeing the light. Like they're just getting hip to what I already knew. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a fetish or do you feel you're like, I don't take it as a compliment. Like, thanks, no thanks. You can keep the um, you can keep the eye emojis. No, I definitely take it as a compliment. I think most of the, it, you know, <laughs> it's so complex. I think I take mm-hmm. it as a compliment, but I just sometimes feel very awkward that there's men, <laughs> I can't control, the, we're not the thought police, but that there's people that are looking at this like, that there's mm-hmm. dudes who are looking at this just being like, oh, that's a fat ass. Like, look at her. Fat. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that, like, yeah. it's a little icky. Just like diminishing you, <laughs> exactly. like rounding exactly. you down to just like flesh. Yeah, yeah, flesh. exactly. Like bringing, rounding me down to like a fat ass. Interesting. Yeah, I never, that's a new perspective. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, trust me, it's a, it's a definitely a, a difficult one sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, we're getting there with the thirst traps. I feel like I've posted a few more of them here and there. You know, we out here in these streets. Yeah. And I actually, like, don't get a crazy amount of, like, men in the DMs, which is, like, funny. Yeah, I don't, like, I think there's, like, a few more after the entanglement situation, but, like... Wait, what? What does that mean? What happened was... Um, at the time when the entanglement, August Alcina, Jada Pinkett Smith situation went down, 
I was just perusing my Twitter on a lowly Friday night. And I have like 300 followers at this point in my life. So they're all my friends. And I'm a clown, by the way. So anybody who knows me knows I'm like a total clown. So I had this idea. I was like, oh my God, let me put up an ad. And so I put up this stupid ad and it's like seeking an entanglement. And then I put about in like capital letters. It was a tweet. And I was like, single, female, 32, living in Toronto. I was like, I'm smart, funny, and I'm a little saucy. I'm well-educated. I'm a business owner and a freelancer, living alone. I'm an excellent cook, and I love to have fun. I was like, anyone interested in an entanglement, let's connect. And then I put up these three <laughs> pictures of me. Just as I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so funny. Like, my three followers are going to think this is hilarious. And then it went viral. And everyone was like, oh, oh, she's looking for an entanglement. And then that's when, like, the, like. Wait, how viral were we talking? Like, retweets, replies, uh, like, how much charge? Okay, well, okay. So, 52, 53.2 thousand likes. Um, Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's legit viral. No, no, no. There's, like, 4 million impressions. Like, um. Oh, like two, like 1.2 million, like total engagements. Like, no, no, it was nuts. Wait, but you're telling me all this DM engagement and n- n- not a Nian DM no, slide no. that was no. worth responding? So here's, here's the thing about that. More is not always better. So no, I for true. sure have like, I cannot scroll to the end of my DMs on Twitter. Not possible. And I've, I've tried. I've really tried to look. I don't get a lot of DM slides, period. Like people assume I'm... Like, my DMs are way more lit than they are. They're not. Like, even when I was, like, single and just, like, out in these streets and, like, looking to, like, date, hang out, just do it all. Hot girl, summer, spring, fall, all of it. This is, like, two years ago. And um, Charlemagne, <laughs> shout out to Char, posted uh, me on my birthday. Uh, or maybe he was just making fun of me at Valentine's Day. <laughs> I think that might have been what it was. And he was like... Uh, hey guys, my friend just posted this photo. She's clearly desperate <laughs> because I had a shirt that said what boyfriend question mark on it. So I'm advertising at this point. Like it is what it is. A hundred percent. I'm owning it. I've got my cute little booty shorts on and I'm holding a bouquet of roses. I think he said that I'll probably send myself the roses. You were wrong, Charlemagne. Uh, technically the brand sent them to me as a free gift. <laughs> so it wasn't uh, a gift from a gentleman suitor, <laughs> but I wasn't desperate enough to buy them for myself. So at least I have that one small win. But he posted it mostly just making fun of me and uh, also encouraging people to like slide in DMs. Why not? Clearly that was my point, my hope. When I tell you for all the DMs that came, all the comments what nothing in there. And I'm like, this does not, this does not make sense. That's when I was like, I'm going to die alone. I'm going to die alone. Because in this one 30 minutes of like increased exposure, right? You're like, surely it's a numbers game. More people into you. No, at least one of them will be worth a conversation. When I step outside and go to a bar, I might see three, four guys that night. So now we're talking hundreds. And it was so whack. I was like, I'm going to just date myself. I'm going to be that girl who's like... That is 100% how I felt afterwards. I was like, oh my God, like literally 4 million impressions. And I, I, there's nothing, there's nothing. nothing. I have nothing. Nothing. Not a single like worthy prospect. But you have to finish looking at your DMs. You said it's gone too far for you to open them all. You just got to commit to that. Uh, 
I, I commit it. I'm not gonna front. I'll open all those DMs. Listen, I will, I, I will, I will send you my Twitter login. And if you want, if, if you have any interest in this, I will give the whole group my Twitter login and everybody can take their and like narrow down these DMs. And then we can select the DMs for I you. Do it. I am not opposed to this. I think is 100% down. That should this be an episode. This is a task for the group chat. This is going to be like our social experiment for Hot Happy Mess. And it's gonna, yes. that will be great. Really fun. That will be great. We'll slide in the DMs and find one that we think would be would vibe with you. And then you, you're going to go on a date with said DMer. Perfect. Virtual date. Because we don't want you to end yes. up in somebody's trunk. And then... Well, this would be so funny. It. I feel like this is like a thing we should really actually do. Or yes. like, we can That's even hilarious. take like the tweet that I did and put it on like anywhere. You could, you could like put a casting call out, Zuri, on any of your shit to be like, guys. <laughs> Look, Cleo is trying to get her man. She said, we gonna get Listen. this man via tweet or this podcast. This, but I'm, about this. To be, I'm about to get this man. I, I, 2020 was supposed to be my year and the Ronas is out here cock blocking. Girl. So I'm, I'm, I'm open. This year played us. I'm ready. Okay, 2021. We're gonna, we're gonna get him for you. Okay, so to wrap it up, I want to ask you guys this. Just like, what do you, when it comes to our relationships with social media, like we're all, you know, early 30s at this point. We have been dealing with social media since it literally was created. So we've learned like rules to like deal with this stuff, like how to make it work for us. Is it good for connecting, meeting new people, maybe inspiration when it becomes unhealthy or bad for us? Like, what are some of your rules when it comes to social media? Like, do you have timer set? Do you have, I only engage with this type of content. Um, I don't do this or talk to these types of people or engage people. I don't like, just what are your rules when it comes to to social in general? So for me, um, I used to be a wake up, look at my phone type of person, um, look at it before I go to sleep. That, but honestly, y'all, COVID and having a baby and postpartum depression, like changed all of that for me. Like I mm. got off of Facebook for, I don't know, three months or something like that. It was the best thing I could have ever done. You did the detox. Quarantine yeah. made you do a little detox. Yeah, quarantine. Great. Yes, exactly. And so I'm like so much uh, better now. But so that was one of my things um, that I changed is I stopped making that the first thing that I do. I stopped making that the last thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like my soul is so much better for it. Do you and Tyler, have you guys talked about like the rules of share, like, do you share him a lot or not really? Like, I know, cause I know what I see when you post mm-hmm. just for our mm-hmm. listeners. Like, do you show him a lot? Do you think about that? Or are you just like, whatever, we're married. I don't need to post a picture of my husband all the time. The baby is the baby off limits to a certain extent. Is it just until she's older or in certain environments? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think about like, should I share my husband or should I not? If there's an opportunity mm-hmm. and I just, and I want to, then I do. And I feel like it's the same for him. Uh, we don't worry. Oh, am I not sharing him enough or am I sharing right. him too much or whatever? That's not a thing. Um, it is a thing for my daughter um, because we just want to, we want to give her the opportunity to saturate herself on the, on the <laughs> public web. Right. Um, I'm, what I'm saying is we don't know what social media is going to look like in that, uh-huh. like in the future. And we don't know what psychoanalysis things are going to come out or whatever mm-hmm. that, that they're going to be able to trace back to, you know, when your parents I were posting. Yeah, you're posting you know what I all of your business. 
I agree. Uh, I see both sides of the coin, though, and I don't know. Like, I'm not a mother yet. I think mm-hmm. about that, like how I'll approach it. And I'm not sure because on one side of the coin, I agree. It's like before your kid even like shows up as a fully functioning adult at 17, 18, they have a paper trail of their life that someone else can just look up whether you want them to have access Learn to it or not. Everything. So that, that messes with me. But then on the other side of that coin, in this day and age where unfortunately social media to a certain extent and followers is collateral. It's not just popularity sometimes. It can be money. It can be checks. It can be brand deals, sponsorships. And when you think about like, when I think about sometimes what I get paid for an Instagram post and how many hours I would have to work when I was in high school or college to make that, um, if I could just post on Instagram as a college kid, sign me up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then I got my weekend free to turn up and just, you know, wear my little freaking dress to be at the icebreakers. <laughs> I don't got to go work, you know, at... <laughs> Uh, Forever 21 for four right. hours to, to mm-hmm. get dinner. Right. Um, and so I sometimes see parents who like share their kids and I just, I'm so conflicted because I'm like, I'm probably going to share my kids on social in limited capacity because I am just a very, I'm an open book. But then some of these kids get these huge followings from the time they're like one years old to five. And so you watch mm-hmm. them grow up, which is weird in one sense, but you also feel loyalty. And it sounds crazy to say you feel brand loyalty but that's what you're selling. We're all just presenting personal brands Mm -hmm. online. So by the time these kids are 16, 17, either they're freaking terrors or they're somehow well-adjusted and they already have, to me, it's like savings, like the way you save money for your kid. And then they say, Hey, I Mm want to go to this college or do that. And it's like, well, mom and dad have been saving and here's your lump sum to do what you will. It's like, well, mom and dad have been building your following and (laughs) Oh, you want to be a singer? You want to be an actress? You want to be a dancer? Or, oh, you want to do brand deals to help pay for college? Here's your 100,000 followers. Yeah, I see that. I don't know, but I don't know. I'm not on either side of the fence. I just, I feel torn between what to do. I think, I I mean, I totally see what you're saying. Um, For me right now, like you said, I'm just sharing her in a very limited capacity. And I guess we'll just, yeah, I guess we'll just see how it goes over the years, you know? Maybe I'll do like a stage name. This sounds so Hollywood. Like I'm rolling my eyes at myself, but (laughs) like a a stage name for the kids, Instagram and whatever profiles. And it's not their real name. So they grow up Mm. being like loved and oh my God, it's cute or whatever. If people are interested, whatever. And then if they decide, Hey, I want to keep this, you can make it your real name, your government and just go off into the sunset with it. Or I don't want anything to do with this. At least there's not a digital paper trail tied mm-hmm. to their actual first and last name. That's really smart. Um, and then I that like way that. they have the option. You know what I mean? That's a good idea. It's but, crazy that we even have to think about stuff like this. Um, do you have, Cleo, any like rules to the gram? Like good and bad, right? Like, oh, this yeah. is how I do this on uh, social media. This is how I get it to work for me. This is what I don't do. So like I said, I definitely game the algorithm on all platforms. So that's like a thing that I started doing, I really started to like unfollow a lot of people. Like I, when I found myself, oh my God, when I found myself looking at these bodies on the internet and being like, oh, if we be like, I should, I could get lipo just to make my waist even smaller. And I already have a stupid small waist. Then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And no shade, like no shade if you want to get any surgery or any of those things. But that wasn't like a real thing that I ever felt insecure about until I was consuming content in a certain way. So um, that's definitely what I've been doing. And also what I've been doing in real life um, is putting my phone away. 
um, when mm. I'm, you know, spending time with people um, or mm. if we're like having, you know, a birthday party or whatever's going on, I get in, I take my quick, you know, we do like our selfies, our like little thing at the beginning. And then my phone actually goes in a drawer at all of the things that we do. Because what I have found is I can't stand to be spending time with people and everyone's like scrolling on their Instagram right. or, you know, in the middle of a conversation and, and not being fully present. So that's what I've started to do to just be mindful of like why we're consuming these things and why I'm consuming it. And mm-hmm. I also think, um, I love a good clapback. So don't even get it twisted. I will come for, if someone's coming from my people, I'll come for them too. Uh, <laughs> no, no questions asked, but generally I like to keep my socials like light and fun and funny. Like I like to laugh. And so when I'm on my socials on Twitter, on whatever I'm on, I want to be laughing. All right, that is it for this week's episode of Hot Happy Mess. There it is, y'all. Hope you enjoyed it. Shout out to Cleo and Travasha for joining me on this week's group chat segment. You'll meet more of the girls as the party goes on. Speaking of party, there is no party trick this week. But you can keep the party going on Instagram. Follow me at Zuri Hall, Z-U-R-I-H-A-L-L. And follow at Hot Happy Mess. We've got a lot of really fun content there to just kind of keep your your week infused with the good vibes until the next Hot Happy Mess Monday. All right. Um, And then a friendly reminder, if you want to submit, if you want to be featured on the show, you want to ask me a question, get some advice that I would very much prefer you not hold me legally responsible for, give a WTF wild confession that we can't believe, but you just got to get off your chest. Or would you like to be featured as a real woman, real story segment? Um, No matter what your story is, I really am committed to sharing more of them. Uh, Email us hello at hothappymess.com and just put what it is you're wanting to share or ask in the subject line and we'll check it out. All right. Make sure you guys are subscribed. Don't forget to share this episode, share this podcast with someone you think will love it. And I will see y'all next Monday. Bye. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch 
cards for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. 